0: We're talking about waiting this week. Uh, we're continuing this sermon series called Navigating the Seasons of Life. We've been uh, working through this book of Psalms, which is so fantastic. I hope you've been digging in. I've been learning a lot and, and growing in my faith and, and my love for, for the Lord and for you too. Today we're talking about navigating the waiting season. We're starting with Psalm 27. You've seen it a couple times up here already. Wait for the Lord. Isn't it interesting how when God gives us a command to wait, he commands us to wait. He doesn't just observe that we're waiting and say, oh, I see you're waiting. He tells us to wait. Isn't it interesting how God tells us to command the love? And we go, okay, yeah, I can do that. It doesn't, it's interesting. He tells us, uh, commands us to be kind. I'm being kind. I'm following a command. He even tells us, uh, commands us to give away some of our stuff. And we wrestle with that. But eventually we come to the point of, yeah, I'm, I'm living in his command and, and giving my stuff away. But when we're waiting and he's commanded us to, we don't like it. We shake our fist and we say, I don't think you really commanded that. I think I'm just stuck but that's not the case. He says, uh, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart. Again, he says, wait for the Lord. The original Hebrew for this word wait is kwawe. It means to wait or to hope or to look for or to expect. So three of the four defining words are positive, to hope, to look for, or to expect. Today we'll talk about waiting. And invite you to come before me, uh, with me before God in prayer this morning. Let's, Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you've started a good work in me, and I trust your word when it says you'll complete it on the day of Christ Jesus, but we don't like waiting. We find it difficult to wait for your timing, to wait for your leading in our lives, and yet we know it's what's good for us. So please help us to learn to wait upon you, to trust you, to treasure you, to rest in your love knowing that you've scheduled every day of my life. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. My Lord, my rock, and my Redeemer, for Christ's sake we pray, and together we all say, Amen. You've heard sermons on patience before. We've preached on patience. I've preached on patience, and that's good. But sometimes in those sermons, we just tell you to be patient, and we kind of stretch that into 24 minutes. Be patient. Okay, and I'm supposed to be patient. How am I supposed to be patient? And what happens while I'm being patient, while I'm waiting? So that's what we're going to uncover today. First of all, one of the things that happens while you're waiting is God can use your waiting season to grow you, to grow us. God can use our waiting season to grow us. I hope you know that if you're in a waiting season right now, there's a very good chance that God is using this season to grow you. We, we know from the New Testament book of James, such great words. You know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Now this idea of perseverance, this is waiting language, to persevere, to get through something. So this perseverance, this waiting, this um, helps us to finish, uh, it does its work uh, so that we might be mature and complete and lacking nothing. So we are growing. Through the perseverance, through the waiting, We are being made mature, we are being made complete, and we are lacking nothing. Um, I don't know much about plants, but I was reading about this plant this week. There's a certain bamboo plant that you can plant, and you wait for it, and you water it, and you nurture it. But for the first five years, it shows a a stem of about uh, an inch and a half. For five years, you have to wait. And while you're watering it and waiting for it and nourishing it, it is growing down deep into the earth, finding a good, solid foundation, finding nutrition, finding water, until in the sixth year, without, uh, without any exception, it grows 90 feet in 90 days. It's crazy. It wasn't not growing for those fir- first five years, but it was growing down. It was soil growth, deep setting that foundation so that it could have explosive growth at the right time. So you, my little bamboo shoots, Maybe God's growing you deep right now. You're seeing no above the soil growth, but he's growing you deep. The the bedrock, the foundation of who you are in Christ is growing, he's helping you find nourishment and the good stuff. Secondly, God can use our waiting season to realign us, to realign us, to keep us in the lane that's safe. You know from driving, you can't veer left, you can't veer right, right, that's dangerous. God could be using your waiting season to realign you. When our life gets off course, He wants to get us back on course. Psalm 107, the children of Israel are wandering in the desert. They're waiting, finding no uh, no way to a city where they could settle. They're hungry, they're thirsty, their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress and he led them by a straight way. He led them by a straight way, he realigned them. He got them on a straight path to a city where they could settle. I take my car to the car place and the guy comes out after he does the thing and he tells me what he did and he tells me about the alignment and I know enough about alignment to kind of get it but I kind of play along like I know everything that he's saying oh uh-huh and uh he tells me where the alignment is and then he shows me this thing you ever see this thing and uh, and he shows him the thing and I, I pretend like I know oh yeah okay I'm off by four millimeters I don't you know <laughs> and then he says and then I say to him does it doesn't need a realignment he says you're good for another time at least maybe two more times and then I pay the bill and I go Friends, if you're waiting and if you go to God, do you think I need realignment? I'm gonna bet he can't say or won't say, you're good for now. I bet he's gonna say, yeah, let's work on a little bit of realignment. I see you veering over here in these actions. I see you veering a little bit over here with your attitudes. I see you veering off course with your sin and your thought life. Let's get you realigned. God can use your waiting season to realign you. And if you're in a waiting season right now and you're wondering how this realignment works, let me take you to Psalm well, let me take you to this quote first. A Christian author uh, named Jade Ma- Ma- Mazarin. There's actually something happening while nothing is happening. God uses waiting to change us. So now if you're thinking about how it is, you find your way while you're waiting and want to be realigned, Psalm 130. I wait for the Lord. My whole heart waits. And then it says, in his word, I put my hope. We say it around here a lot because it's that important. Be in God's word, be in a daily read chunks, write it down, take notes, ask questions, look things up, in his word you find hope while you're waiting. Number three, God can use our waiting season to cleanse us. If you're waiting, maybe God is using this waiting season to cleanse you. We can use the waiting season to examine ourselves, to repent and to start again. God is talking to Jeremiah in the Old Testament. Jeremiah is waiting 70 years to have his people released from Babylonian and Persian captivity. 70 years, Lord. How long do I have to wait? And God says this in Jeremiah 338 8. I will cleanse them. God says, Jeremiah, I'm cleansing your people from all their sin that they've committed against me, and I will forgive all their sins of rebellion against me. A cleansing time. And how did these Old Testament people How were they cleansed? They were pre-Calvary, well, they believed the promise. They had faith in God's promise that Jesus was coming, the Messiah would come to take away the sins of the world. They didn't have a perfect understanding of who he was and how he would come and how he would pay, but they had the promise that Christ was coming, so they were cleansed over those years. Great story from last week. We had a visiting family. They actually worshiped in both rooms, in the gathering room and then in here. And so I was talking to the dad just outside these doors in the, uh, in the commons, and uh, he, he had his family with him, and he had a son who was about seven or eight years old. And the little guy must have heard the announcements that any visiting family can pick up this white gift bag. Pastor Tim talked about it earlier at, at our welcome center. Uh, so he must have heard that message, but maybe he heard it imperfectly because instead of going over to that, the welcome center to get his gift bag, he went over to another table and got a bag that was colored like this. And I knew what these bags were. They were stuffed the day before by our Servant Saturday volunteers. They were going to be delivered by, to senior living people, senior citizens. So I'm kind of engaged in this good conversation with the dad, so I can't really correct the kid. And he's standing like over here with this bag, and I see the wheels turning in his head, and he's looking in it, and he pulls out He pulls out a loofah on a stick. And so I'm talking to the dad, and I can't break away. And I see the kid thinking, this is a crazy church. (laughs) They give their visitors loofahs on sticks. And so finally, I could break off the conversation. We had a laugh, and I corrected the kid, and he got the right one. And I I was embarrassed. I said, oh, my gosh, how crazy. I'm telling the guy, how crazy would it be to be a church to give away loofah on a stick? And I thought, this is fantastic. We should do this. People should come to Royal Redeemer and learn how to get cleansed. You learn about the washing of baptism, the water and the word. You learn that the word of God takes away your blemishes and the stain of sin. God could be using your waiting season to show you the loofah on the stick, to show you Christ Jesus, the one who makes us clean. I like the idea so much, I think I'm going to propose at the next congregational meeting that we change our name to Royal Redeemer Lufa Church. (laughs) All I need is a second, and I think I have a second. Actually, we won't do it at the congregational meeting. We're just going to do it in a small session by ourselves. If you're in a waiting season and you're wondering how it is that God can cleanse you, look at your beliefs. Look at what you understand about the Bible. Society has been Bonkers with gender—is your belief biblical about gender? Is it a biblical about who can marry who? Is it is it a biblical about where life begins and who's in charge of it? I see many of our brothers and sisters being pulled away into falsehood. Maybe he's bringing you back to the Bible. Look at your actions. Are they godly? Are they loving? Are they kind? Are they selfless? Look at your motivations. Look at your heart. If you're in a time of waiting, God has you there and maybe he's cleansing you and if you, if you find a blemish and you find a stain, take it to God in repentance and confession and he forgives you of your sins in Jesus' name. Number four, God can use our waiting season to protect us. Maybe God has you waiting because he doesn't want you to jump into a decision that would hurt you. Or maybe he's just keeping you out of a a dangerous thing that can hurt you. Somehow we talk about traffic a lot here because I think we're all frustrated by traffic. And I actually do pretty good somehow. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit working on me. If I'm behind where I want to be in traffic, I just tell myself, God's keeping me somewhere safe. Maybe if I was 45 seconds ahead, I'd be at the intersection where the truck flies through and I'd be hit. I know it's simplistic. I know it's naive, maybe even childish. But it does two things. It keeps me from getting mad and frustrated frustrated. And maybe he really is protecting me and keeping me from that place where a truck would slam into me. I don't know. I I forget my lunch uh, here. I come to work during the week here and I forget it about once every two weeks. It's embarrassing. It's the morning. Esther's flying out the door. We get her to school. I, I get my briefcase and my computer and my coffee and my keys and my phone and I'm in the car and I'm pulling out. And right as I pull in the traffic, I think, do I have everything? And then I remember I forgot my lunch. So I pull into the neighbor's driveway and back on, you know, back into my thing. And it's, it's only about a one minute delay or wait. But then I just tell myself maybe that was just God keeping me from something, something bad. Again, childish maybe, naive possibly, but a good reminder that in our time of waiting, maybe God is keeping us some, from, from somewhere that is um, dangerous. Um, back to Jeremiah, Old Testament. He wrote the book of Lamentations. He's lamenting the fact that his people are in captivity in Babylon and Persia. He's full of sorrow. We're asking everyone who comes to this church over these eight weeks to take with you a magnet. They look like this, they're available at the table through the doors. If you haven't picked one up yet, pick one up and take it home. Put it on your refrigerator that has eight memory verses from the book of Psalms through our eight weeks. And today's memory verse reads this way. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. What happens in a fortress? You're protected. I will not be shaken. Um, True story, I think. I read it. um, A World War II Marine was telling of a time on one of the islands in the Pacific that they were fighting, and he got separated from the rest of his group, and he was scared because he knew enemy patrols were coming by, and there were large groups of men, 12 and 20 and 36 men. He was by himself, so he hid in a shallow cave. It wasn't very deep. He got in as deep as he could, but he was afraid that they would walk back and, and look in and find him. So he was a Christian. So he was praying, God, you can do this. You're a God of miracles. Build a brick wall, a stone wall at the entrance and make it blend in. So when these enemies walk by, they won't know I'm in here and nothing's happening. And he's praying, God, you can do this. I know your word. You can do a miracle. Build a stone wall. Make it blend in so that these guys won't see me. Nothing is happening. He's waiting. Will he be protected? Well, God didn't build a stone wall, but a spider begins to spin a web And this is making the Marine mad because he knows a a, a spider's web won't keep the enemy out. But in time, the spider finishes the web so that when the enemy passes by, it doesn't keep him out, but he sees the web and thinks there's no one in there because that person would have broken the web and he's safe, he's protected. He was waiting for protection and it came just in a different way. So our God is a God of surprises, right? Not only do we we not want to wait, sometimes we don't want the kind of protection that he's providing. But be open to both of those. In your time of waiting, know that he could be protecting you and he might be protecting you in a, day that you, in a way that you didn't um, expect. Number five, God can use our waiting season to use us. Allow yourself to be used by God as you're, as you're in your wait. Paul and Silas in the New Testament are taking God's word to every place they can go and they're speaking of Jesus and they're getting into trouble, as was um, the case oftentimes back then. And in Acts 16, we read both of them, they had been severely flogged. Don't miss the point that they had been severely beaten. They were thrown into prison. The jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And he received, when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. So they're waiting. They don't know what's going to happen. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. In their waiting, God is using them because they're singing and praying and the other prisoners were listening to them. I don't know what effect that had, but I'm sure it had some good effect. In your waiting, what are you doing? Are you grumbling and complaining or do people see you singing praising, uh, singing praises and worshiping God? And just briefly, we'll go through these quickly. You can fill them in on your sheet if it helps. God uses ordinary people. Just like me, I'm just a guy just like you. He uses people like you. He uses friends. He uses broken people, people who don't get it right. Boy, we saw a movie yesterday. You probably shouldn't see it because there's so many curse words, I was so uncomfortable. Um, Father Stu, any of you familiar with it? It's a a true story, it's a great story, it's rough to watch, Uh, but it's about a guy who's just a mess and God uses him even though he's broken. God uses willing people. In your weight, are you willing to be used by God? And God uses waiting people. So in your weight, be willing to be used by God. Our brother, the reformer Martin Luther, hundreds of years ago was used by God. He was called to a city in Germany called Worms, 1521. They wanted him to recant. In other words, they said, Martin, you said some crazy stuff against the established church. Either recant, take it back, turn around, or not only will we um, excommunicate you, we'll, we'll probably kill you. So Martin Luther escapes, and he's hiding in this small two-room section at a dismal castle in Wartburg. If you've seen it, it's done, it's dreary and, and, and gross. And So he's waiting for 10 months. 10 months he had to hide, he had to wait. In that time, he translated the entire Latin Bible into his people's language, into German, so now that all the people could have the word of God. Used by God in the wait? Yeah, you bet he was. Maybe you're waiting, but from God's perspective, maybe he's actually using you. And as people watch and see you wait, what are they hearing and seeing? Complaining or praises and shouts of joy? And finally, we'll wrap up here. Be glad that God waited for you. Be glad that God waited for you. Well, what do we mean by this? Such a beautiful verse from 2 Peter 3. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, if some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. What this is speaking of is the second coming of Jesus. Christina talked about it. When Jesus comes and makes everything whole and everyone will be judged, and those who are in Christ Jesus will have salvation, and those who have decided to be away from him will be punished. And aren't you glad that he didn't come in your pre-salvation time? Because that would be the consequence that you face away from God. You had a chance to come to belief in this Jesus who loves you and paid for your sins by his death on a cross and rose again and we serve a living God to confess and repent and become a follower, become a disciple, a learner and follower of Jesus. Aren't you glad that God waited for you A couple of next steps to wrap up with. These are at the bottom of your outline. First of all, celebrate the wait. So many many of us hate waiting. Could we learn to celebrate it? Yeah, thanks, God. You might be doing something really good for me in this waiting period. Number two, trust that perseverance is moving you toward maturity and wholeness. That's that James 1 passage. Perseverance, that waiting language, right? It's moving me to wholeness and, and goodness and maturity. And number three, would, would you memorize the verse for this week from the magnet? Uh, Psalm 62 Yes, my soul find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly, He is my rock, my salvation. He's my fortress. I will not be shaken. Let's pray. It's no uh, surprise, Lord, for us to confess that we don't like to wait, but maybe you're commanding it. Maybe you're telling us you will wait for a while. And isn't it funny how we get mad at that one? Let us celebrate the wait. I don't really like it. I wish I had an answer to my question. I wish I had deliverance out of this circumstance, but God has me waiting, so I celebrate that. Holy Spirit, you can do that work in me and us. It won't come, come on our own. So, so move friendly upon us. Um, word of God, speak to us. Give clarity, direction, and guidance. We love you. We need your help in this area. And we pray it in Jesus' name. And together we all say, amen.